welcome to All of the Above, where we love talking about theology, books, the Bible, philosophy of ministry, and all things in between. My name is Aaron Markham, and I will be hosting this podcast alongside my good friend and brother, Trevor Hoffman. Trevor, what's going on? Oh, not a lot. Just learning how to... You got to speak into the mic. Learning how to be a father of four. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. How many weeks are we in? We are just over a month. Wow. Just over a month. That is crazy. Yeah, man. I'm, I know it's exciting. It is. Um, what day is it? What time is it? Do you just know? Just kidding. No, he's, he's, he's been sleeping well. Um, we're, we're, we've been super grateful for that. So, kids are great, man. Recommend having as many as possible. Very much so. Um, yeah, they are great and they're wonderful. Uh, I can't wait for um, our third to come here soon. Uh, all right, Trevor, what has been... Having having kids, um, you know, how old is Jude now? He is nine. What what has just been the most eye opening, eye you know, life awakening thing that has happened in having kids over the last nine years? Mm. So it could be when they were like one month old, or it could be you know, when they were six years old. What's one thing that stands out? I'll say something that's kind of cynical, and then something that's hopefully sweeter. So the the more cynical thing is I remember when Jude was maybe three or four, he was having a particular kind of kind of meltdown. And um and for whatever reason it was very relatable. Um like I felt like I was watching myself behave and I couldn't figure out if that meant that he and I were similar, um, in that like our, our personalities are similar, or if I just act like a toddler sometimes. And I concluded that it's a little bit of both that toddlers and their temper tantrums and the way that they can be su- super demanding are kind of a, a, like a, like a microcosm of every one of us. They just don't have the filter in place. Yep. And so the kind of nasty selfishness and the me monsters that you see toddlers, you know, choose to be. Sometimes. It all lies within us. It is 100% who you are. You've mm-hmm. just learned to filter it out and to not be so public about it. You've learned how to baptize it and to, to cast yourself as some kind of, you know, virtuous um, sufferer. When in reality, you're just being a me monster. So that's kind of the cynical thing. The uh, Hopefully the sweeter thing is just seeing how fast time goes. Mm. I mean, it, it really does fly by. Ten years. Jude will be ten in August. It's amazing. That's yeah. already been a decade. And that we're more than halfway that's done. Right. Yeah, that's um, right. It's, uh, your number it's of years with him, most likely at your house, is less than the age he is yeah. currently. Yeah. But it's been it, it's fun, man. It really is a joy getting to watch him grow. Yeah. All four it. of them now. Yeah, I love it. You should. You guys should go back and listen to our podcast on family and marriage and kids and just loving loving the opportunities that um, to to be able to raise you know uh, a child and to be able to have um, godly families that that pursue the Lord. It is a major major gift. Um, so when I, when I talk about you being a me monster, yeah, I was I was thinking like, you is, is this is this kind of everybody fits into that category? Yeah. Is this specifically Aaron as a me monster? It's no. fine either way. I think it. I think it, it's applicable. You know, it 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 probably applies. Um, that's totally that's totally fine. So in 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 recent weeks, um, for a good while now, we've been in the Book of Acts, but but just a couple of weeks ago, we were um, specifically in a passage at the end of Acts fifteen, and it's a uh, unique time in Paul's ministry. He's on his second missionary journey, 
And it comes to a point where Paul and Barnabas, who have been ministering and laboring together for for a good length of time now and have seen the Lord do some really, really great work, they come to a point where uh, they um, are forced to go their their separate ways, or really they they kind of hash out that they the Lord is kind of leading them to go their separate ways. Um, Acts fifteen verse thirty seven. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. Uh, verse thirty eight. But thought but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them uh, essentially earlier in the work. Mark had been with them and then had withdrawn. Not exactly sure you know, perfectly why that happened, but he separated from them, he left them, and so Paul and Barnabas was left to, were left to continue on their ministry. Then verse 39, there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, and then Paul goes with Silas, and then they go on. And so we talked about how this almost creates two different... Um, missionary endeavors, uh, kind of in God's sovereignty. That's how he saw fit to, to do it. Uh, but it's almost, it's kind of jarring. I mean, the phrase in the ESV, a sharp disagreement yeah. between two of the top five, you know, three, ten, whatever, you know, men in the church have this sharp disagreement, like these godly, missionary-leading, gospel-preaching um you know, leaders within the church have a sharp disagreement. And so it's just interesting to think on that and dwell upon that. And so we recognize that, that that kind of a clear application for us, recognizing, you know, 21st century America, Greer, southern part of the U.S., probably the most kind of clear application of, of that kind of side of it is, is leaving the church, um, is talking about how to leave the church, how to leave the church well when, when maybe there are disagreements. Should we leave the church if if there are disagreements also recognizing that that leaving a church you know in many ways may not be possible in certain cultures and times you know 17th century northeastern you know part of america there might be one church for you know 6 miles and it's like well I can't walk 6 miles to go gather with that body I've got to gather with this body so you know there there's limits in that but in this day and age anybody kind of can maneuver you know around the town to, to, to get to a new church. So you, you Trevor, gave us a, a list from Mark Dever where, where he lists out some ideas about what you need to do before you decide to leave the church, and then he gives us some ideas on if you decide to leave what you need to do. So we want to hash through those. We want to talk about them and, and kind of nuance uh, that we obviously want people to stay at one church. That, I mean, there's so much beauty in if the Lord blesses so many of people in our body to be here for 40 years, what great ministry is going to happen? But also recognizing there, there may come a time, both the Lord's calling to go as missionaries, to go as church planners, to go support some other work, um, but there also may come a time where, where there's certain disagreements or um, that kind of thing. So, Trevor, can you help kind of list those out for us, and let's, let's talk through them. Yeah, so there's obviously... So when, when thinking about this passage, you have a precedent kind of established for disagreement over wisdom issues that sends brothers in different directions. And so uh, you could almost, I mean, there's there's a lot that could kind of fit under that category. So, you know, there might come a time when you choose to leave Ridgewood over a, a wisdom issue, a decision about vision or the direction of the church you disagree with, and so you, you, you decide to leave Ridgewood. There's also probably something there to 
convictions over uh, things like baptism and polity that well, there's there's a reason that Baptists and Presbyterians don't worship together is we have some pretty substantial disagreements about well, what that worship should consist of and about how we're to worship and about how baptisms to take place. And so there's just this recognition that this side of the fall, you know, in between the fall and eternity, we're not always going to get things right. And there's just a certain kind of regrettable, but realistic, I don't know, fact of things that there's just going to be disagreements and we have to go separate ways, mm-hmm. which again, is not ideal, but it's it's reality. Um, but there there's definitely, and, and those kind of fall into like, Meh, bucket in terms of how we feel about it. It's like, uh, I don't like it, but it's not the end of the world. There are things that aren't good. Like there are bad reasons to leave a church. Um, for instance, you are living in unrepentant sin and the church um, seeks to address that and, and you don't want that to be addressed. And so you kind of take your ball and, and go home. Mm. That would be a bad reason to leave a church. So we're not talking about that kind of thing when we're talking about leaving a church. We're talking about just a, a, a misalignment of convictions on secondary issues. We're talking about vision and wisdom and disagreements on polity. We're talking kind of in that category, which is a little bit uh, hard to define, hard to put kind of boundaries around. It's kind of, you, you know it when you see it kind of thing. So we're talking about when we have to part ways over those kinds of issues. So what Dever says is before you decide to leave, you know, again, when it's a, when it's a wisdom kind of second tier thing, he says the first thing you should do is pray, is seek the Lord's wisdom in that. Ask God if you should leave this church or if you should stick it out. Pray. The second thing he said is to let your current pastor know about your thinking before you move to another church or make your decision to relocate to another city. Ask for his counsel. In other words, what he's saying there is that before you make the decision, before you have formed the conviction that is the basis for your leaving, Tell your pastor that you're struggling with it. Tell, tell one of the pastors, tell, tell one of us that you are working through how you feel about a recent decision that we made and announced at a member's meeting, a recent thing that our church voted on and approved, a, a recent kind of evolution in your own convictions. Let the pastors know that those things are taking place and invite people to speak into that, invite the pastors to speak into that. Yeah, and I think that's that's huge. Both of those, the, the pray and, and the inviting in, it is interesting, and and Trevor, maybe you have a different scene on the bus. So you experience it it's slightly differently. I find it interesting as pastors how many people make decisions and then essentially come and report to us what the decision was. When and granted, we are fallible and we do not know a ton, and we are learning every single day, and that's why there's five of us, and we're we're trying to do our best. Um, but it's like I. I think our our desire would be to be in there with you, um, not to necessarily directly influence or make the decision for you, but just to be able to provide wisdom to shepherd. I think is I mean that's a key yeah. aspect of our responsibility is to to shepherd the flock um, and to watch the flock, and so we want to to do that alongside you. So encouragement there is like please come to us as you're wrestling through things and talking through things and um, and do that with us. We would love to, that's, that's the joy. We, we love doing that with you. And even if it leads you away from the church, like that, that's totally fine. Like our feelings are not going to be hurt. We are here. We are flexible. We are not going to get our, you know, um, yeah, feelings hurt. We're going to, we're going to be there to love you and, and shepherd, shepherd you. 
Yeah, and I wonder if one of the reasons that people are sometimes resistant to that is is one, you know, maybe they're afraid we're too busy and that their decision hasn't yet reached kind of the the critical mass needed to actually go approach a pastor about this. And, and I would say, like, no, like, please, and, you know, include it. We'd, we'd love to work with you through things. I mean, so I think maybe that's one fear. Another fear is that that our feelings are going to be hurt or we're going to get defensive or we're going to try and persuade you to stay, that that we wouldn't have your interest at heart. And, of course, that's possible because we are fallible, like you said. But we, we genuinely want to see the people of Ridgewood flourish at Ridgewood or potentially elsewhere. Um, or maybe there's just a, there's just a, um, maybe there's just a kind of youthfulness and and even a kind of ignorance to our own uh, individualistic tendencies, and we've just never even thought about including pastors, brothers and sisters in the church in these decisions. And I wonder if that's probably more of the culprit that we just kind of have a, a default of doing our own thing. I, I'm I'm guilty of this. I remember when. Um, uh, when I got to a, like a driving age, um, and even, even with Emily, she would tell me that I would just like disappear and I wouldn't tell people where I was going and I just would kind of disappear and do my own thing. And I would think it never even occurred to me to, to rope anybody else into the decision. I was hungry, wanted to go get a couple of McChickens off the dollar menu. So I'd just go. And my parents would be like, where'd Trevor go? Um, you know, and so there, there's a, maybe just an ignorance to how individualistic we actually are and that it's good for us to, to, to build out the habit of roping people into our, decisions and speaking i think that's well that's well said and we yeah we by nature especially our our culture and just how we've grown up and how we operate the individualism the individualistic side is is there so rope rope us in and then also obviously rope in group leaders and friends and just want to be clear with like when you're wrestling through things be, be clear on that it's easy to also kind of beat around the bush um yeah, out of that's right. fear yeah. of yeah, that's of good. being judged because I'm have this question or I'm have this struggle. Um, you don't have to beat around the bush. Um, with us, we want to love you and be there with you alongside you. Yeah, that's right. Um, the third thing that Dever recommends is that we weigh our motives. He says, "Is your desire to leave because of sinful personal conflict or disappointment?" Um, so, kind of related to the the question of whether or not this is a legit reason to move on. Be suspicious about your motivations, man. You are very sneaky. And and if we're honest, we know that we're sneaky. We know that we're we're really good at kind of baptizing and and kind of shading things in the best possible light. You know, be ruthlessly honest with ourselves and and about our motives. Um, Third, weigh your motives. Fourth, he says, do everything within your power to reconcile any broken relationships. So if there is any kind of broken relationship or relationships in the wake of this, um, do everything that you can to kind of squash any any remaining beef there. It doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stay. Like sometimes there can be conflict that can reach you know such a point that you do need to move on. But you want to move on. And you want to make sure that you close the book on it. You know that you have reconciled with those people. Do everything within your power. The next thing, and I thought this was really good. He says, be sure to consider all the evidences of grace you've seen in the church's life, places where God's work is evident. If you can't see any evidences of God's grace, you might want to examine your own heart once more. What he's saying here is, okay, you make the decision to move on, and you know maybe it's kind of a frustrating thing, and maybe you don't like the direction that the church is going. Work hard in your own heart to identify those places where you have seen the Lord at work. So, so you resist the temptation to completely demonize the folks that you're leaving. I thought that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I think I think that's great to see to see the positives. Um, because all of us, it's easier to focus focus on negatives than positives. So yeah. being able to focus on the where you see the Lord at work is is a is a a helpful tool. Um, to not leave, yeah, with with only with only bad things to say, or only like you know, I'm only gonna go talk about this, you know, gossiping in a in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I do like the I liked your your third one that you said the the weighing the options um, and really trying to weigh the 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 concerns that you have. Um, yeah. And how important are they? Yeah. Um, because on you know, in some ways. <laughs> There's there's stuff all five elders want to you know probably want to change about our church. That's the um, truth. And do I can give you a hundred things right now and do differently. Um, and we're the but Aaron won't let me do it, any of them. <laughs> and we're the leaders, you know, of the church who get to obviously our our church's congregation rule, but we do get to set the pace on a lot of things. And and yet we you know we we recognize kind of the beauty of not everything is about me, and there's kind of give and take and. That comes in a whole host of things from programs to why are we preaching through Acts and not, you know, whatever, Mark, to um, the music on Sundays, um, to, you know, why we don't have grade school ministry during the service. It's like, you know, we we can talk about all those things um, and and wrestle through them, and and we're trying to do the best we can. So weighing those concerns, I think, is helpful. Yeah. When that... Uh, dovetails nicely into number six. He says, be humble. That's the last recommendation there. Um, recognize that you don't have all the facts and assess people and circumstances charitably, charitably, a.k.a. give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, recognize that you don't know the whole situation. So if there's a decision, the church kind of starts to go one direction and you don't get it, the, the leadership could be wrong. Or they could just have a different vantage point on the issue that led them to different conclusions. And you know, And again, it's... Is it ideal that we part ways over those things? Not at all, but it just be that way sometimes. Yeah. Is that is that you know? I hope that doesn't sound. You know what I was concerned about. I remember telling Emily this after I taught it was when you talk about this, you you really want to strike a balance between being. You don't want to like accidentally give people permission to be kind of willy nilly and come and go. Because we, we want to hold up membership in high esteem, and we want to talk about belonging, and we want to push against individualism and all of that. So you don't want to you don't want to kind of accidentally kind of give folks permission to to be church shoppers or, or whatever when talking about this. But on the other hand, you know you don't want to you don't want to not you don't want to be so idealistic that you are um, kind of forcing people into like this cult-like kind of belonging that has no categories for differences of, of wisdom and vision. And so I told Emily, I was like, I just give me some feedback. Like, did I, did we, did we talk about it? Well, you know, I hope we kind of threaded that needle and in some ways it felt like we needed just to, I don't know, maybe kind of clean up the corners a little bit and do this podcast mm-hmm. and just make sure like everyone understands our heart here. And I think understands, um, you know what we're trying to do and faithfully live out meaningful church membership in the the 21st century. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think it's okay you talked about differences on wisdom and vision. I, I think there's a lot there comes a time when that might lead to separation and there comes a time where it's like I don't agree with it, but this is my church and I'm going to Yeah, that's yeah, good. and I'm going to push in. 
So it's like, so it doesn't always end in leaving your state. Correct. Like yeah. I, I, I would think there would be a lot, there could be a large, it needs to be way harder to leave than it needs to be, you know, to stay. Um, and so even if it's like, man, I don't, I don't like that we changed that one, you know, that thing really Wayne, is this like a biblical mandate? Is this a, is this a wisdom? Is this a conviction of the spirit? There's plenty of things of the conviction of the spirit that's like, man, I wish we would have done more of this or done, you know, done less of that. Um, that, that, that's okay. Like, and it's okay to, for things to not be your preference. Um, so staying is, is good. So being humble to kind of recognize where, where, where does all of this fall? Can I stay and still, you know, disagree with the, 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 you know, this small, this decision or the, the direction, but stay on board. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Just a disagreement doesn't disagreement on direction and wisdom doesn't mean you need to leave. That's right. You can, we, you can, we want like disagreement is okay. We hope our body is aligned on most and a lot of things. Um, and yet it's okay to vote no and yeah. be a member of our church. Yeah. That's good. Uh, then Dever, he gives three more steps and this is in the case that you decide to go. The first thing that he says, and this is, this is very helpful. He says, don't divide the body. Um, and I would guess that he's saying that after years of being in church where he's seen a lot of folks when there's a disagreement over over the, the direction or, or the way a situation was handled, the tendency is to want to recruit a bunch of people to your side. Um, he's saying, don't do that. As you leave and as you're leaving on the basis of a, a, dis, a dis, disagreement, do your best not to sow discord and recruit people to your team about why you know they ought to be leaving as well that's a that's a really unhelpful thing to do um secondly and like it he says take the utmost care not to sow discontent even among your closest friends remember you don't want anything to hinder their growth and grace in this church deny any desire to gossip sometimes referred to as venting or saying how you feel again i mean this could this could look like um those evidences of grace that you've considered just choosing to speak of those exclusively about that church and and not you know your friends that are remaining at the church not making comments in passing that you know under undermine the authority of the the, the leadership or undermine trust in the leadership of the direction of the church or or, or undermine trust in the, the rest of the body or whatever and then the last thing he says is pray for those and bless the congregation and its leadership look for ways of doing this practically if there's been hurt then forgive even as you have been forgiven so choosing to leave with a posture of grace and mercy towards those that you leave that was really good yeah i i love those and i think it's helpful to to leave showing grace and showing mercy and forgiving and um yeah uh, but preventing from walking in sin gossip and slander and those kinds of things are are sin um so so trying to walk in that walk in that well um, and there's a, there's a way to do that that is Again, our hearts are very clever, and there's a way to do that that communicates to the people that you talk with that you're taking the high road, um, as if you're rising above, you know, the uh, the 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 riffraff that you just left. Oh no, no, I'm I'm choosing to show forgiveness and grace to those folks, like as if you're you're saying something without saying something kind of thing. So like really doing work in your heart to make sure, man, like I'm I'm thankful for my time there. Yeah, we disagreed, but I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful for this ministry that still 
continues to these folks and to this guy and to this gal and pray that the Lord increases that and that the Lord increases that church. So um, all that to say, um, if, if you were wrestling with whether or not to remain at Ridgewood or if you're at another church, um, you know, if, you, if you're not even a part of Ridgewood, um, I, I mean, I think that the consistent refrain here has been to seek counsel, to seek wisdom from the Lord, to seek wisdom from brothers and sisters, to really slowly evaluate your own motives in this. And um, if you decide to exit, to do so graciously and to do so in a way that honors that church and honors the, the legitimate ways the Lord is working in that church um, and, and choosing the path of peace like the Lord Jesus. That's great. Yeah, I do think that, that you want to seek seek counsel and seek the counsel of, of your pastors. If you're at Ridgewood, we would love to, to talk with you. And if you're in another church, please seek out your pastors. Because I do think, Trevor, to your point earlier, that there is a lot of the time where the, the pastors just have a different vantage point or have different, not to like totally skin in the game, but it's like, I can't be about just this one thing. Like I'm trying to think, through every aspect of this church, yeah. shepherd every part and shepherd individual and shepherd corporately and um, shepherd this ministry and, you know, all, all of the different dynamics and just having to recognize um, that that's complicated um, and requires lots of prayers and lots of conversations, hence why our elders are together, you know, frequently and talking for long periods of time. Um, and we may come up and just share a short five-minute spiel um, at a members meeting, it's like we, it took us twelve hours to debate how to get that five minute spiel correct, or you know whatever. Yeah, we we want to think through and labor through and be sure we're you know as unified as we can be on on decisions. And you um, may be surprised that some of the things you see, uh, you bring it to an elder; they've seen it too, mm-hmm. and have just judged differently and have just arrived at a different conclusion than you have. That's right. That's um, right. Any other closing thoughts? Yeah, just again, I mean, I hope I hope as you're listening, you hear our heart in this. Like, we want to, we want to, we take seriously our responsibility to pastor. We want to pastor folks well. And when it comes to leaving Ridgewood, yeah, we recognize that probably multiple people listening to this are going to be moving on from Ridgewood at some point. But we, we, we want to do it in a way that is good for you, that's good for Ridgewood, that honors Jesus, um, ultimately. And, uh, you know, we do believe that uh, living life transparently and in community and, and with the wisdom of brothers and sisters is is what Jesus calls us to. Yeah, so. that's right. And I think that's why our the ninth point of our covenant is we will, when we leave from this place, unite as soon as possible with a church that can essentially help out the the kind of uh, general purposes of, mm. of the covenant. We want to see you unite with another church. We are uh, big on being involved in a local church. We need to be um, with people uh, we even, even back, I was thinking yesterday on Genesis 1, kind of 26, 27, 28, man and woman created in the image of God. God is perfectly relational um, in his triunity, and like we are we are created for relationship. We need the church. Um, we pray that Ridgewood Church can can help provide that, and and if Ridgewood Church is in the right place, we're, we're happy to, you know, high-five and provide. Um, we have so many great sister churches um, that we know and love, and um, are super grateful for. We hope this conversation has been helpful. Hopefully it's been clarifying on um, Trevor's sermon uh, from a couple weeks back. And if you're wrestling through anything, the pastors would love to know. We'd love to talk with you. Um, you can reach out to Trevor, uh, myself, Jim, Josh, or Zach. We're here to pray and labor alongside you. 
um, Ridgewood Church members, we we love you guys, and um, we're excited for for the work um, that the Lord's doing in our church. Go Ridgewood Volleyball. I like that. Yeah, Ridgewood Volleyball. Trevor, um, star, maybe not star, of the Ridgewood Church Volleyball Greer City Champions. Um, shout out, shout out to him. So thank you guys for uh, listening to us, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.